Happy New Year, everyone. It has been such a joy bringing you these past 35 episodes. I think when we first started this show, when we first hit record, our goal was at a very basic level just to put some laughs out into the world and maybe inspire a few others. And so far, it feels like mission accomplished. And we are so stoked to do more of the same in 2024. I'm going to keep it short this week and just say on behalf of all of us here at the Heroes Die podcast, we wish you happiness and satisfaction in the new year. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. How are we doing this week? Quite so good. good. Oh, not bad. Oh. Excellent. Excellent. I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're doing not bad. Um, I'd like to start this week off with a question for mm. you. Uh, it's an oldie. I imagine all of you have entertained this in the past, but I wanted to ask you flat out on the record, how would you fare in a zombie apocalypse? Mm. Dead. <laughs> Rudy just outright dead? Yeah. Why so? What am I going to do? Just gonna lie, just gonna lie down. What am I, I mean, doing? What, what gets you though? Like, do you get eaten? Do you fall trying to run away, or do you starve to death? Oh, I think I get eaten. Mm-hmm. I think I'd get eaten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I live in a city full. I live in like zombie. What would be the zombie capital, probably anyway. Sure. And I have no survival skills outside of major metropolitan areas. Mm-hmm. So the zombie I mean, capital I, where we eat brains for capital. Got it. Yeah. Uh, do you, so are you getting, are you making it to widespread knowledge that there is a zombie apocalypse or do That's you think a good that you're question. first wave zombie? Ooh, I, you know, I've always wanted to be a first wave zombie in a movie. Like I've always wanted to be the guy that's like the friend that's like starts the hacking cough like mm-hmm. a week before everything happens <laughs> or something rash. like, oh, geez, God, holy cow, I feel terrible. Yeah. Mondays, right? <laughs> And then later on, later on, I like smash through the guy's window when he gets to his house or something, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, backing out, backing out of the garage and you are thrown across the the back windshield. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it it almost guarantees that you're also the first zombie we see dead, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You have the the first scene. Yep. Yeah. You just did day player. (laughs) It's my bread and butter. Day player in a zombie apocalypse. Rudy Galvan. I don't. I don't know how I would fare, but I've thought about a plan in terms of what I would do. And I think first move is definitely like, you know, assemble, assemble loved ones, as many as will fit in a car and stuff and head towards Michigan, um, head towards the the homestead back, back in Michigan and stuff, slightly less populous than all mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, Chicago and stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We do have like hunting rifles there and stuff. So probably would try to get armed a bit mm-hmm. and then ideally, and this would be tricky. Um, because if you know, uh, the upper peninsula, there is one bridge car bridge, uh, that gets you up there, the Mackinac bridge. And so it really depends, uh, if that's, uh, going to be a choke choke point or, or if you can actually get across once you're, once you're in the UP, I feel like you're, you're kind of golden. Cause there's like not very many people up there and there's a lot of preppers up there. And mm-hmm. so ideally if they would kind of set up sort of a feudal system where we could ally ourselves with certain set of skills, winning personalities, et cetera. Then, you know, political differences aside, I uh, could probably probably have a good thing going if we could and get on. To a be compound. clear, political differences would be largely set aside in a zombie apocalypse. Well, well, I would think, gotta... but also look at COVID. So I don't, I don't really know about that. Um, yeah, I, would, I would actually say the driving force behind political ideology probably crystallizes pretty fast in an apocalypse situation. Yeah. Oh, fair, fair, fair point. Fair and point. I can like, I, I think my selling point too would be that I can, I can douse, I can like use a stick to well, witch. And so if, you know, that ever comes about, I can Wait, find can, water. Can underground. you do that? I can, yeah. I don't know what to do with the water once I get it, so I'd kind of have to sell myself. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I have heard you say this before, Ben, and mm-hmm. I, I am not. This is not coming from a place of criticism, just a place of like ignorance. Just a place of ignorance. Okay. I thought dousing was a thing that only cartoons did, and it's like akin to like checking the house for ghosts. Are you, are you saying that it's like a thing people it can is, really do? It, it is, is in fact people a thing. can really do. And I'm yes. just amazed that Ben can do it. I, uh, wait, it's it's real. You can it's real. Yeah. I, I, I would be able stick. to show you, uh, you, you that I can a, do it. You pick up a stick. 
Yeah, you get a Y-shaped stick. There's also like dowsing rods and stuff, but I don't believe in that baloney. Um, yeah, you get a, a nice supple, supple wood to ideally like a willow. Willow is very good for or apple. Um, and then, yeah, you hold it in a certain position in your hands. And uh, as you walk around, the stick will pull downwards like the, the stem of the Y will pull downwards uh, as you get closer to water. And based on like how far you are from where the pull starts to when it's like fully straight down, that is apparently how far underground water is. I think it was just, yeah, bullshit too when I first heard about it. But then I learned about it and that I could do it when I spent a summer on this farm in Maine during high school that like operated as if it were uh, ran in like the 1800s. So like no electricity, they had to do everything very manually and stuff. And this farmer, like there's a group of like fucking 12 of us or whatever, this old Maine farmer uh, was showing us that he could do it and stuff. And I was like, all right, now it's time to see if any of you can. And I, I was one of 12 who could do it. Uh, it's awesome. I would, I would love to get together with you guys sometime and see if any of you could do it because the the look on somebody's face when it works, if if it's possible, nothing beats it. I you, my you mind feel would be blown. Yeah, it, I am, it is crazy. I had like a very Christian friend uh, in college and stuff who I got to do it and she freaked out. She just wait, was like, I don't feel comfortable with this. God, I don't like I what this water. means. But if yeah. this was science, <laughs> if this is a scientific thing that's possible, why can't everyone do it? It's a sensitivity. Yeah, they don't really know. Like, and they actually it's scientifically, like, they don't really know what it is that does it. So it's almost for more of a pseudoscience in that way. The best guess is that it has something to do with the level of different, like, magnetic metals in your blood that trigger. So they have no idea why it works. It's something that they can't explain with science. They being right, but it's worked for you know centuries. Yeah. yeah. That's that's wild. So yeah, you do have something to bring to the table. And I this is this is something that I have considered when considering the zombie apocalypse. It's what do I bring to the table? And I'm not I'm just like kind of handy, but I need electricity and I uh you know get along well with folks. You get a winning personality. Yeah. Yep, winning personality. Yep, but I uh, I I don't I don't know. I I think given that I am in New Hampshire, I've got a higher success my, my chances go up versus if I was in a city. When I was living in a city, I would think about where I would go and I mm. wanted to uh, you know, loot Home Depot. And I also always thought that I would go to the library because one of the most poignant parts of a lot of apocalypse tales is the death of knowledge. And I would wanna like figure out how circuits work and see if I could get some manuals so that I could build like a windmill and try to keep electricity around for at least another, I don't know, decade. There is, yeah, there's a certain amount of like the prepper mentality that i like really dig for like a lot of those like very tactical skills and stuff that's like oh i mean let's be honest like i've I've got bad vision i wear glasses if these get broken i'm done for like i i don't stand a chance so there's a certain amount of that that's just like well okay yeah practical thinking yep yeah harold uh so i think like rudy i would be dead but I think that more often, I don't think that zombies are real or will be real. Um, but I oftentimes think about um, like what happens when society collapses. I wonder why I've been having this thought. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I, like, like Ben, like there's like the, a certain amount of like the prepper kind of mindset that I am kind of like sensitive to, like, you know, getting a, a bug out bag. Like what happens if, you know, there's no gas, like, you know, there's there's no way of getting food to the to the big city where I live. Yeah, definitely thought about it. And uh, don't have any good answers. <laughs> I think, well, what does it come down to? You hand on rotting hand combat with a zombie. Like, think less about the whole, you know, fallout and stuff. But just like if faced in a room with a zombie, how are you coming out? You know how everyone um, feels like they'd be good in a fight until like, you know, they get hit with their first punch. I just feel like this is a this is the prime situation for this. I have no fucking idea how I do against a zombie. Um, I, I imagine I would do pretty well. You know, I've seen a lot of movies, but uh, but I, I you know I, I imagine it's, it's something different when there's actually like a, a a living dead person in front of me. I foresee mm -hmm. an inner savagery with you, Will. I just want to say that yeah. I'll go on the record and say that I, I think you've. Got I thought that. about that before the sure. question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I think you'd keep hitting it with whatever you picked up. Oh you know? yeah, we're talking like blood splattered, like 
heaving, crying at the end and stuff. People I'm having to pull you like, up. Will, Will, it's okay. Like an old yeah. rotary phone, just like boom, boom, mm-hmm. boom. A little funny ring with each hit. Yeah. I mean, yeah here's the a... fucked up thing. I think I'm a fairly quiet, mild mannered, like human being. But I think as exactly. a zombie, I'd be the fucking king of the zombies. Yeah. I, I, oh. I, I think I would. Oh. I would be extremely, extremely into it. Uh, something about about like you said, the inner savagery. I think would really come out when you I was, the MBA. You might, you might like you, you have might that too. Hold on to your sentience. Yeah, I, w- I was going to say, I was going to say, or is Will the bad guy that like figures out how to tune into the zombies while, while not turning? Mm-hmm. Oh, Maybe. interesting. Tries right, to get others infected into his own game. Magical zombie apocalypse or a scientific zombie apocalypse. Two very different uh, experiences. It's Good more of a point. pseudoscience. Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't really. <laughs> or tell. is it a pseudoscience? Just depends on the metals and the blood of the zombies. Really, at that point. <laughs> Merganser, where are you at? Yeah, I think I get like my camping gear, any close by loved ones, and I just like drive into the mountains and yeah. try and try and isolate. But yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think I do <laughs> just fine in combat, but I don't have any like literal skills. I'd probably try and find a gun before I left. But yeah, I think I think my move would be nobody is safe <laughs> around anybody. So yeah, just isolate, tight circle. Yeah, yeah. I in high school. My friends and I, when we made our fun plan, we're going to sail because yes. a couple of my friends were sailors and you know we live by the ocean. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, yep, you raid a couple of grocery stores, a Home Depot, blah, 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 blah. You get in the boats and you go until you find part of the coast that isn't overrun and take some time and figure it out from there, basically. Mm-hmm. Not having that skill myself and living in a landlocked city. Uh, I think I'm with everybody else. If I make it, If I make it out of the city, I'm isolating. And I'm trying to make it out of the city. So if I don't, I'm dead. Um, mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's where I call bullshit on a lot of these plants that like just getting out of the city will be a huge challenge, I think, for a yeah. lot Yeah, of I would have a, like a stroke just in traffic. I pretty yeah. much do anyways. I mean, so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get shot by just somebody who's upset by my road oh, rage. Okay. If you think and the also, Eisenhower's bad now. <laughs> yeah. There's no Honestly, 8 a.m. on a Monday, folks. I, I probably bike. <laughs> I think it's a much better yeah, idea to really, bike. Really, yeah. though, my only problem with the bike, though, Cole, is you, is if these are fast zombies, you're done for because they could just tackle you. Well, but again, this gets to like what type of zombie apocalypse are we dealing with? I guess, which is like yeah, pretty doing twenty days later or Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess my my baseline assumption yeah. is that the zombies are people, right? And they have the sure. capabilities of people. Sure. If they you know maybe don't feel pain or recognize that like they're missing an arm, it's um, stamina but, levels. Yeah, they, they have insane stamina levels and they are unceasing, right? Right. But otherwise, they're like a human being. And in that case, like, yeah, I think I could probably outrun most of them a on, a, on a bike with like, you know, obviously I'm laden down with a bunch of bullshit, but. Uh, mm-hmm. So you feel like you'd fare pretty good against Night of the Living Dead zombies? I mean, relative to some of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. I feel way better about that scenario. <laughs> And you might find like I am legend zombies more challenging. That's what I'm saying. If they fucking fly, I I think my plan changes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then I become one of the mole people. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Sam? Would you survive? In terms of like hand to hand combat with a zombie, you know, I've trained jujitsu for a number of years, but like I'm not really trying to grapple a zombie. Yeah, it's tough <laughs> to submit like, a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to tap. 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 They're going to have to rip the head off. Oh, he fucking bit me. I guess you're right, Sam. Like a zombie is not a, a combatant that you want to be on the ground for. It's not something that yeah, you want to fight fair you or close. You want a weapon. Yeah, right? you don't like, want to be I don't close. Punch, I don't want to punch a zombie. I don't want to get right. like zombie goop in, on my knuckles if they start bleeding. Now, speaking of things that you don't want to touch you, um, yeah, perhaps some of the occupants of the Aaron Tower, there which you are go. standing on the doorstep of. Nice, nice, with like butter. Uh-huh. Ron, the Zulgath Skulker. Uh, one thing that I want to uh, touch on before we dive in is, Rudy, last week I had you roll the primary social role to see if Ron's going to go along with y'all. I asked yeah. for diplomacy because the vibe of the previous 20 minutes of role play felt so friendly. But the truth is, this is deception. Rudy, what is your deception versus your diplomacy bonus? It's actually better than diplomacy. My deception is a plus 12, while my diplomacy is a mere plus 10. Okay, okay. So, Professor, good with people, good at tricking people. And mechanically, it doesn't really impact 
the role. What I do want to say yeah. is the difference between diplomacy and deception in my mind is that at some point, if Ron learns the truth, there may be consequences about that. Now, you guys can handle that. You know, you can you can try to head that off, do what you want. But I want to say that this is primarily deception. You have tricked Ron by telling him that you are spice masters that want to sell goods at the Aaron Tower and help them find cumin for their underspiced meat. All right? Y'all are at the front door. Ron has gotten you by the gargoyles. What do y'all do? Do we wait for Ron to open it or do we do we step in front of him? Um, Does Ron sorry. indicate that he's... It, you, you are at the threshold, I should say. There isn't a door there. Would you like to escort us in through the threshold, Ron, or should we go ahead? Uh, yes, ab- absolutely, ab- absolutely. Um, it, the the stairs are uh, a bit a bit slick, so just uh, just kind of watch your step. And you see Ron go to the stairs that lead down in front of him, away to the west and down. They're pretty steep. They do look a little slimy, and as he takes a step, you do see that he kind of loses his balance and does one of those, like, slides down all of the steps as well. Careful, Ron. That was a very fast way to go down the stairs. Uh, Um, Careful. Can I roll perception to understand why the stairs are wet? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) What kind of goop do they have? That's a a 17 on the die for a 28. Yeah, you uh, immediately get the sense that these, that mostly they're just, they're, they're a little slick, maybe from, you know, the, the reptiles, the, the reptilian people going in and out may have rained recently. The big thing, though, is that they're not really stairs any longer. They're exceptionally steep and old. So they're just kind of worn and weathered. They're out of shape. And that is why they are difficult to traverse. Uh, going down them is going to take an acrobatics check to balance and make sure that you don't slip and fall. Oh, and we're going down right now. Not a high school cafeteria stage. This is treacherous. Here comes Claude with his plus nine. Has anybody ever thought about building a handrail here? Or even just a rope would probably go pretty far. We haven't yet. It hasn't been done. Uh, and then you hear... Ron in a pile at the end of the stairs, <laughs> rubbing his ass. And you hear him talking to people down there, though the voices are somewhat muted. Uh, we better get down there. Yes. <laughs> okay, I will go first. I am the one of the larger, so that way if I fall, then I will be cushioned. Um, here we go. Just one foot in front of the other. Um, acrobatics. Okay, 13 on the die, uh, plus 9, 21. 21, you are able to get down the stairs, no problem, and I will oh, it wasn't show so bad. you what you see. A campfire burns in the southwest corner of this room, and the remains of two messily butchered cattle are heaped near the fire. In addition to the staircase leading up to the west, passageways exit from the north and south in this room. Uh, Those rock-looking things down on the southern entrance to the room are indeed stones. They're piled stacks of rocks there, about three feet tall, four feet tall. These are gruesome and anatomical cows. Yeah, 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 you're really seeing the musculature there. (laughs) Yeah, they've been flayed. You also see four Zulgath warriors, similar to those that you killed. And one... Was that an ostrich? <laughs> Deinonychus. Oh. Oh. Cool. A dinosaur. Ah, uh, yes. Deinonychus. Majestic. Like a miniature raptor. Or actually, I... Th- yeah, they. it is a raptor. Never mind. Mm. Raptors are very small. <laughs> Relative to what we think they are. No, they're not, Cole. They're tall and awesome. Yeah, yeah. We all saw Jurassic Park, Rudy. <laughs> Can we not have this fight again? <laughs> uh, Sven, you get down to the bottom there. Eugene, you're down the bottom there, and you see the Ron talking to one of the Zulgats warriors, and they're going back and forth a little too fast, hard to understand, except for you know the professor who has comprehend languages. But they do appear to be in some kind of an argument. What do you do? The professor is going to sidle along here. Do you need me to do that acrobatics check? 
Okie dokie. Eugene, did you, Eugene, you're down there as well. Did you do an acrobatics check? Got one coming right now. 13 on the die for 22. Eugene rolled an 18 plus 8 for a 26. You both pass. Yours don't stand a chance. Yeah, we passed. <laughs> Fuck out of here. We've got a we've got a horse coming down. <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, give, your, give yourself a plus two for having a couple extra legs. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Uh, That's how those Claude work gets on a stairs. 24. Claude, Claude crushes it. And uh, I don't think Leighton is going to do as well. Uh, Leighton gets a five. Leighton so Leighton five. is following Claude <laughs> down. And he's like, oh, wonderful work, Claude. And like patting him on the haunches, not looking down, misses the first step. Two thirds misses the second step, totally misses the third, and goes ass over tea kettle. Hey, Sam. Can I use wild empathy to talk to the raptor? Y- yes, yes, you can. The raptor is an animal, so you can use wild empathy on it. How you choose to go about that is up to you. I'm assuming that the raptor speaks a different language than the Zulgas. Yes. Wild empathy doesn't allow you to speak to it literally. It allows you to like form a connection and make simple requests is what the text says yeah. i don't know how that is interpreted here yeah it's not language based mm-hmm. we've played with it particularly with the critters in the circus in a way that steps beyond what it generally intends to and i'm happy about that because you have a deeper connection with those creatures but there is a druid spell that is speak with animals and yeah. and the wild empathy doesn't replace that Exactly. It, it doesn't right. replace that, but it, but it, they, they can work hand in hand because it does allow you to make impressions on animals. In any case, Ron is going back and forth. I see Eugene up front. I see Sven up front. Professor, you passed your acrobatics check. You're there as well. Leighton, you fall 10 feet. Um, Claude, clearly sure-footed, grabs you by the scruff of the neck, slings you up onto his back, and oh, you goodness. all make it down into the room. You're there. The Zulgas, seeing you, start to hoist spears. But given that you came in with Ron, are little just what what what? And, you and what, are, what are they not, saying? Not, they're, they're, look, they're they're cool. They're cool. They're they're spice masters. Uh, they they just they. I brought them along because I know that we haven't been entirely happy with the food. And he gestures over at the carcasses of the, you know, free range cattle that have been slaughtered and dragged down. And I I just thought I just thought that this. This might be an opportunity here to, you know, help build morale. Yes, Eugene, perhaps if you would slowly display your wares. Yeah. Thanks, Ron. My friends, this fine gentleman has told me that you've been eating some very bland meats. That's right. We have been eating some bland meat. And that is a bummer. Such a beautiful piece of beef you have, for example, lying here. But not a single drop of salt, pepper, cumin, parsley, lemon zest, mint, orange rind. Such fine gentlemen as yourselves should never eat such barbaric foods. Ron had the idea that perhaps spice masters such as ourselves could teach you to be some of the most brilliant chefs this castle has ever seen. How does that sound, my friends? I'll have you know that part of the reason that we have run out of spices is because we take such care in how we season our food. The spices we brought were from Garath, the finest spice merchants in all of the deep. So if you expect me to accept just any old spices, you, my friend, are sorely mistaken. And Ron says, uh, this is, this is, this is Grunk. Um, got a lot of opinions. Who says Grunk has a lot of opinions, Ron? You fool. You foolish, foolish, foolish gath. Wow. Yeah, no, I can see you. You are a man of discerning tastes. I've got an idea. Since you have such bountiful beef here, why don't you just let me take a little sliver, a pound or so? I'll season it, cook it up for y'all. And you can be the judge on whether or not these spices are worthy of your palate. A pound of beef, you say? And what will we gain should you fail in your attempts to appease our palates? Why, the most 
delicious spice collection the world has ever seen. I just feel like this logic is a little circular. For if we are unhappy with this food, it means that those are not the finest spices in all the lands. So, if you are writing checks your ass can't cash, then I ask you... (laughs) Sven shivers. What do we get out of this? Perhaps your lives... Gronk, I don't know if my life is that valuable to a man like you, but I would gladly lay it down and wager it against this meal. Well, then yes, we shall cook to the death. Carve your beef. This is going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. This week on MasterChef. So, you are going to cook up some beef, all right? Mm Mm-hmm. Gronk is going to be the one to carve off some beef for you. Sure. They are going to provide you the cook pot, all that other stuff. If you have it, you got it, great. Gronk is going to attempt to give you a poor section of beef. Great. We're going to roll his survival check. That is going to be an eight. So he doesn't really know what the good parts are, what the bad parts are, but he's also not particularly good at this. So he dives in and he gives you some shin as well as accidentally, uh, basically beef tenderloin. Perfect. So he gives you some tough, gritty meat, tougher meat needs to be cooked. And then he gives you some of the tenderest meat. Eugene's going to go into chef mode. Uh, The rest of the ensemble, I will probably need three or four sous chefs here. So Eugene first is going to take the tenderloin and go, oh, wow. A masterful cut from a masterful chef, I can see. Thank you, Gronk. You're welcome. Layton, do me a big favor. Cover this in oil, salt and pepper it, and set it aside. This will be the last piece of meat that we cook. (laughs) Yes, of course. Uh, And Layton, like, whips off his poncho and rinses it in his cloud for a second and then shakes it out on the side, lays it down on the ground for a clean working surface. Uh, and Fantastic. begins to knead oil into the mm-hmm. tenderloin. In the meantime, Svend, Andruk, would you step over here with me, please? And I'll need one very large pot for braising. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, he's going to take the shin, and he's going to instruct them. Cover the shin in oil. Add parsley, mint, lemon zest, orange zest, <laughs> garlic, and oregano. And cook it on low heat for six to eight hours. <laughs> six to eight hours? Like, why, 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 that, that, that's, that's preposterous. What are we going to do for six to eight hours? Low and slow, my friend. Rome was not built in a day. Rome? <laughs> One of the finest dishes ever made. Sven, I'll take the, I'll take the first shift. Yeah, it's very good. I'll catch some shatai in the meantime. <laughs> no, you, you have to sharpen the roasting steaks, Sven. <laughs> and then they're going to start to cook. All right. They're going to start to cook. Everybody, what, do you, what skill do you think that you are using for this sous chefing? Uh, you can all default to survival given that that is the one that is most explicitly used for cooking. But if you need to get creative, uh, get creative and talk to me. And these are basically rolling to aid? Yeah, these, these will have an impact on, on the roll that Morgan makes. Got it. If it's, if it's really bad, that will impact the roll. If it's really good, that will impact the roll. If it's good, that will impact the roll. Yeah, so I think Leighton's approach there with the beef was uh, not improvised. This is practiced for him from all the years traveling uh, with just him and Claude. Uh, so he is going to roll survival because he cooked for himself for a long time. But not well. He never made a claim that he cooked well. He just enjoys uh-huh. the food he makes. We haven't um, cooked it yet. We haven't at, cooked it yet. At a at like a nine-ish level. Of <laughs> a nine-ish level? Okay. <laughs> Who's up next? Druk rolls uh, a nine plus two is 11. Uh, great. 11, oh, and that is, so for, that is for survival? survival? Okay. You know, if you add us up, we make 20. And that's an A. It's a really good, that's a really good point call. I'll bear that in mind. Thanks. Ben, what are you doing? Also rolling survival here. Okay, that's a seven on the die and plus one. <laughs> so 
Eight. Eight. Okay. Got it. You get a little burned. <laughs> and uh, Rudy, what are you doing to help with this project? I was going, I had an idea about uh, trying to uh, negotiate a contract to become their new spice merchants and see if I could fish any info out of them through that. Okay, so... So I'll have, I can understand them, but I would have Ron translate for me. Which is funny because Ron has no better ability to understand you than anyone else in the room. But yeah, we'll have Ron there. And Well, um, you said he spoke common. No, he, he speaks Undercommon, and oh. you, uh, in this case, we're going to use Undercommon just because th- it okay. literally is from underground, Sure, uh, is, is where it's spoken, so, you know, gotcha. you know as opposed to... It is to, the common uh, language of the Underdark. Of the Underdark, exactly. Good for them. Uh, so you want to have a conversation... Yes, I, I wondered if uh, perhaps, uh, Ron, you might uh, inform our guests as a Chancellor of the uh, Spice, of the uh, Spice Lords here... Uh, that we would be interested if, of course, they are pleased with the meal, which they are sure to be, of negotiating perhaps a uh, a uh, contract or an agreement to, to become the new providers of spice for this uh, charming tower. Ugh. Well, I'll have to be the judge of this to see if this is even worth presenting to our masters. Oh, yes, yes, yes. We wouldn't want you to waste your master's time. We are people that appreciate uh, time not being wasted, as Mother always said. Uh, Who is your master's, by the by? We've not come past this uh, lovely area before. If Ron wanted to come with me and present this to Lakai, Lakai Wanfang... We would present this proposal to her and then see if she wanted to bring it upstairs to Ashagith. Lakai Wanfang. Ashagith. That wouldn't be Lakai Wanfang from South Absalom, would it? No, I I don't believe she's ever been to that surface dweller city. You're probably right. You're probably right. Remind me who she is. The name is so familiar. I quiver when I hear it, so it must uh, be filled with great power. Well, she's the head of the Skulker. She's Ron's boss. And Ron is like, no, I, w- I wouldn't exactly say she's my she's my boss. I mean, it's like I, you know, I, I'd say that Ashikit is, you know, probably the person that I consider my boss. Doesn't matter who you consider your boss. She is the person who decides whether or not you have succeeded or failed. Lakai is the contact with Ashikit. And Ron's like, well, I mean, you know, put it however you want, but like, I mean... I, we all answered Ashikith, basically. Yeah. So, like, yes, I, don't, yes. I don't And he's feeling a little sheepish about this. Oh, well, I, I can understand when discussing someone as great and powerful as Ashikith. Uh, uh, forgive an old fool. Uh, remind me who Ashikith is, exactly. I seem to have had it gone out of my mind. She's one of the people who contracted with Kavnakash and runs the teams of warriors and skulkers. Ah, yes. Yes, and a castle like this must have fortifications. Uh, Is that a... I imagine you have a uh, wealth of warriors at your disposal at any given moment here. Of course we do. Yes. Hold a place like this without at least two dozen people. Two dozen people? Well, two dozen people and animals. Well, yes. And he looks over at uh, the Deinonychus and says, you know, know, we have a kinship here. Hmm. Yes. Yes, of course. A fine specimen, I must say. I encountered many of them in my travels, and uh, this one is quite lovely. I see that uh, they are well taken care of. Of course they are. Of course they are. Now, yes. what is your friend over there doing? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? Now, 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 no peeking, no dipping your finger into the bowl, no licking the spoon till after the meal is ready. All right, I guess we'll just wait here, then. Yes, yes, we'll all wait here. In real and we time. wait in real time for six to eight hours. So <laughs> yeah. in a couple just, months, folks. Just uh, role-playing yeah. this uh, uncomfortable voice. And uh, now enjoy Wagner's The Ring Cycle, and we'll see you on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> so um, as unbelievable as it is, uh, we're just going to fast-forward ahead six hours. And Eugene, the food is where you want it to be, and that's where we're at. Okay. Is there a way for me to try the food? 
I test my roll to see how it turned out before they try it. Absolutely, if you want to do that. Yeah, so give me... It's not going to give you a re-roll, right? You're you're tasting, and you are aware... But we will say that you are aware of the quality of your food yes. uh, prior to it going out. Yes, yes, please. Excellent. So, yeah, uh, give me that survival check at a minus four. <laughs> minus four. All right. Oh. That's a, a natural one. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, at least so, we all failed. So, yeah. <laughs> you right, won't right. believe how good the soup is. <laughs> so, <laughs> yummy, yummy. So, so Eugene is going to taste it and force it down its throat. <laughs> <laughs> and then look at, look at his friends and goes, I guess it's ready for the final ingredient. <laughs> and then I'd like to cast Enhance Victuals on the food. Oh, what is Enhance Victuals? I believe it's a spell that lasts for an hour and it, it transforms any meal into gourmet food. <laughs> yes. Oh, Morgan. Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. Well done. Hero point. Hero point. Well, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, well, hero point there. Uh, um, way to keep the powder dry, Mo. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm going to. You transform the target into delicious fare, changing water into wine or another fine beverage, or enhancing the food's tastes and ingredients to make it a gourmet treat. Prior to the transformation, the spell attempts to counteract any poisons in the food or water, blah, blah, blah. Always yeah. pick spells based on your RP. Excellent. <laughs> fucking fan. That is how you pick a spell, man. That's yeah. fucking awesome. That is uh, that is a level two spell. Make sure you cross that off your list. But uh, you pass the food over, and Gronk is impressed. And he says, this is very good. Experience, beige. Uh, and... <laughs> oh god, they're uh, they're Klingons. They're just they're just Klingons. Um, nope. So uh, <laughs> this is very good. I was not prepared to enjoy this quite this much. Now you say you have more of these spices. Well, in fact, my professor friend here happens to have a line on them. Yes. Spices. I do. I do. But I'm afraid that um, I can a week. I should say we, the spice lords, can only negotiate. Uh, it would be improper for us to, uh, how to say this delicately, uh, negotiate with anyone other than who would be approving the contract. We would uh, love it if you could give us an audience with Lady One Fang to uh, discuss the terms of the agreement. Old spice traditions, you know. Yes, you should. This this food is worthy of Lakai. A conversation should be had about how to procure more of these wonderful spices. Give me a moment, and I will go fetch her. And he leaves the room. So we've made things harder on ourselves. Hell yeah, we are. We're going all the way, baby. TPK. RPTPK. <laughs> <laughs> the first ever, ever role-playing TPK. <laughs> yeah, it's a super balanced dungeon, actually. It's just they brought everybody into the front room. <laughs> this is Lakai and our two dozen warriors and their dinosaurs. They don't fit in this room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have a clean getaway up the stairs that no one can fucking stand up on. So whatever. (laughs) (laughs) So whatever. (laughs) We've been in tighter situations before. Have have we? Shut up, Cole. (laughs) I'm such such an idiot. I just I just walked. I just walked the guy. I just walked all the way to the room. And Mark spin back together without even thinking about it. Yes. That's very similitude. Wait, Wait you did that? My immersion. Oh, <laughs> and he returns with 
Another creature. This appears to be Lakai One Fang. Old Lakai One Fang. Yep. She is uh, leaner than anyone else in the room, with yeah. yellowish skin. Jaundice. Seems to be, you know, have slightly nicer gear than the other people that you've seen so far. And she says, <clears throat> You know, I've been hearing a lot about these spices that you're bringing in. Grunk here has sung their praises. Sung their praises indeed. Allow me to try a bite of this stew. And Grunk comes over, gets a spoon, hands it to her. She eats it, and a look short of ecstasy crosses her face. She says, this, this is wonderful. This provides such a depth. For too long we have been without such fine tastes. For weeks at this point. You know who would enjoy food such as this, Ron? Groth and Leonardo and Raphael <laughs> and Donatello. Mm. Where are your boon companions? You were just beginning to get along so well. <laughs> they were more oh. work friends. <laughs> And just has this smile plastered to his face as if everything is fine. (laughs) (laughs) Only the professor can understand this. (laughs) The rest of us are just like... (laughs) (laughs) Good, right? I think she likes us. Oh, yeah. Big thumbs up coming across to us, boyos. We're right in. (laughs) And Ron Ron says, Well, uh, they, they, they were slain. Oh, slain, Ron. Slain by whom? Well, uh, they they were they were slain by um, the spice masters. Oh, slain right. by the Professor, spice masters. All oh, right, Professor, stop him! And you bring them to our door, Ron. <laughs> now, now, see here, <laughs> you fool! And she hurls a rock that she had hidden behind her back. And it strikes Ron right in the temple, and he goes down like a sack of bricks. Ron is out of the combat. Combat? Now, now, hold on just a minute. We were just role playing. Roll for initiative. Yeah. Oh, son oh. of a biscuits. And we took it as far as we could. We didn't initiate combat. That's not bad. Uh, can, I roll, can I roll stealth? I didn't get I didn't get my chance to use confabulator and pile lie upon lie. Um Andrew, uh, I will <laughs> I, I will joking. say this. We can okay, we can bring people into the room a little bit more because you wouldn't have been all in the hallway still, so Claude will be in the room here. But yeah, you would be apart from the Zulgas, I imagine, but all in the room. <laughs> can I roll stealth for mine? Sven, what's your initiative? 13. Thirteen. Eugene, give it to me. Fuck me. I rolled a natty one again. Ooh. No. Uh, it's for 12. Gotta be the last one. Andruk. 17. 17 for Andruk, Layton? Also 17. Also 17. I was at a plus seven, Will. Uh, you guys get to decide. And Professor, you? A 20. Professor, big winner there. All right, we are all in the initiative tracker. Incoming with your friend in mine, the yellow Zulgath. Coming in, draws a great pick off of their back with their first action, and then comes in 5, 15, 20, right up to Eugene, and is going to take a big old swing. It's going to be a 17 to hit. Uh, that's a miss. That is a miss. That is a miss indeed. All right. That is its turn. That's an interact, a move, and an attack. First, Zulgath Warrior has gone. Professor, you're up next. What's going on? Uh, the professor is going to attempt to hit uh, one fang with a, uh, a ray of enfeeblement. With a ray of enfeeblement? All right. Lakai one fang, as he tries to invoke her true name. And that's a single action. Is there a will yes. save there? Okay. Uh, there is. Oh, no, I'm sorry. There's not a will save. You just take, you are just flat foot against my spells and take a negative two circumstance penalty to saving throws against them. All right. That just happens. That's yes. just for your spells, though, Rudy? Yes. And how long does it last? One round? The end of the current turn. 
End of the current turn. Okay. Yeah. We'll hit her with a raven fuel. Oh, that's a 14 on the die. Feeling pretty good. That is a 24 to hit. A 24 to hit plus 10 on that bad boy? Yep. You know it, Rudy. Oh, thank goodness. So that is a... So she gets a fortitude save. Minus two. A fortitude save? So it's a roll and... Okay, a fortitude save. Coming up. It's got to hit her and then she would get the save. Okay, because it does particularly bad stuff. Yeah. Not great on the die. Real real tweener there. Fortitude save, it's a 19. Oh, my friend, the DC is a 20. Whoa! Oh, my goodness. The target is enfeebled two. Oh, man. Minus two to all strength-based checks. Huge. That is huge. And how long does that last for? For one minute. So enfeebled two for one minute. That's pretty big. That's a minus two on, I'll be honest, all of her attacks, etc. Hell yeah, Rudy. Next up, following the professor, we've got another Zulgath warrior coming in hot. This one down here to the south is going to take a five-foot step to the west and is going to gnash out with its teeth coming in with the jaws. Oh, no. That's just a 12 to hit. That's not going to hit. That's a miss. Yep, that's uh, that's certainly a miss. Definitely a miss. That's frustrating. And, you know, what the hell? We'll come in with a claw. <laughs> oh, that's not good either. That's just a nine. That's just a nine to hit. So we miss on both of those. And once again, these Zulgath warriors really proven to be pretty shitty. You know, it's just kind of hard to kill the people who made the best meal of your life. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's got to be buried in the back of your mind. It's just, I, you know, you're given such a nice treat, and now you want to kill us? And I know yeah. she didn't see how hard we worked, but these guys were in the trenches with us, you know? They were, like, part of that process, so they take pride and ownership, I think. Mm-hmm. No, that's that's a that's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, Leighton? Uh, do I have to roll a fortitude save? You have been around Ron for long enough that I'm going to say you do not need to roll a fortitude. Well, let me see. A creature that succeeds at its save is temporarily immune to all Zulgath stenches for one minute. So we will say everyone would have had to do it. So we're just going to say the last time you did it, you're in a minute where you have saved. Uh, I'm happy with that. And that won't hold for the entire time you're in here, but I'm not feeling like retconning the entire thing. So go ahead. You don't have to worry about their stench right now. A benefit of the diplomatic mission, we'll say. We really stewed in it. You really stood in it. Yeah, there you go. Oh, oh now I gotta kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leighton, like, springs up, grabs Claude by the saddle on the side and says, Oh, there's no use. Claude, uh, give me space. And Claude's gonna step into this space here and sort of pin these two sort of leaders back. Are all the Zulgats other than Lakai the same that we can tell? Uh, yes, they appear to be Zulgath warriors. Claude is taking a step to the north and a little bit east to block Lakai and the and Gronk in at the top of the room in the north at the northern entrance. Precisely my intention. Uh, and then he's going to kick Lakai in the face. He's going to. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be uh, pretty good. Um, that is a twenty-six to hit. Twenty-six to hit is a hit. Is it a crit? Is not. Okay, um, that is going to be six plus ten points of bludgeoning damage in the nostrils. Ten points of bludgeoning, bludgeoning damage. All right, and then as Leighton sort of sent Claude off uh, to fight, he also cast protection on him, um, protection against evil for a plus one AC bonus there. So that was two okay. of his actions, and then he is going to five, ten, fifteen, slide himself due south into this space between Eugene and Andruk. Uh, mm-hmm. to get cover from some of his friends. Um, and that is going to be the end of their turn. All right. Very cool. Andruk, you're up. Yeah. Um, so Druk is going to take a five-foot step to the southwest, right along this fire in order to get some space, to then pull out his bow. So that's two actions. Third action, take a shot at, uh, let's say, pink. To 22. 22 is a hit. Good shot. Uh, four points of damage. Not insignificant. It is now Lakai Onefang's turn. Lakai Onefang, enfeebled two, is going to swing out with her great pick. That is going to be a twenty, a twenty-one 
to hit. God damn it. Yeah, that hits. All right, that is nine points of damage to Claude. Okay. And I'm going to need a fortitude save from Claude as well. Okie dokie. Uh, that is going to be a 22. A 22 saves. It's a tough boy. Tough boy indeed. Coming in again one more time with that great pick. Whew. That is also going to be a 22. You shitting me? Or sorry, a 21 again. And this time the damage is 14 points of damage. And Holy I need cow. another fortitude save. Okay. Uh, 21. That succeeds. Okay. Lakai came in with her pick out for her last action is going to... Wait, you said she threw a rock that she was hiding behind her back. She also had a great pick out? Uh, the, the rock was just flavor because Ron's not going to be fighting on your side. I feel like there's a very different situation if the leader who's coming in is holding a fucking huge weapon. Like, I think you're that's just a pissed right now thing. because You're just pissed right now because your horse is getting hurt. You interposed it. But no, I will say that that... <laughs> that I disagree. I, will say, I mean, I'm annoyed that Claude's getting hurt because I love Claude, but I don't agree that that's the point that I'm raising. Okay, I will say that I will say that she drew. I will say that she drew that. I'll say that she drew the, that with her first action. I think that's fair. And we've gotten two good hits on Claude, and I don't think we're going to do it with the jaws here. Yeah, no, would have been a seven to hit anyway. So we're good. We're good. And that is Lakai One Fang's turn. Sven, you're up. Yeah, Sven seeing Claude get battered up there is not going to have that with his friends. So five, ten, fifteen, twenty, and is going to swing on her. Yeah, so Sven moves from the western side of the room north, supporting Claude, is going to be attacking Gronk. Double slice. A 22 to hit. 22 is a hit. Or eight points of damage. Eight points of damage. And then swinging again. A 15 to hit. 15 to hit is a miss. Eh. Sven, that's a move and double slice. Coming up next on our third Zulgath warrior. Red here is going to move 5, 10, and is going to attack Andruk. Comes in with the jaws. That's a 15. Comes in with a claw. 16. These Zulgath warriors cannot get a hit on you. Eugene, you're up. If I wanted to target a spell at Lakai, or can we say that I can see her right now? Yeah, she. If it's uh, if you got to make an attack roll, she's going to get a little bit of a bonus to her save because Claude is in between the two of you. If I were to move, say, five, ten feet to right there, would she lose that bonus? Yes. Great. So Eugene will move there. Eugene moves into the room east about 10 feet right up against the Deinonychus and has a pretty clear shot on the Kai One Fang. And he's going to attempt to cast Acid Arrow at her. Cast Acid Arrow. All right, roll to hit. You know, that's pretty good. That's a 17 on the die for a 24 to hit. That is a hit, not a crit. Okay, so that's going to be a 3d8 Acid damage plus 1d6 persistent acid damage. Nice. Nice. Uh, So let's roll some d8s. That's a 2. That's an 8. That's a 7. So 15, 16, 17 points Mm -hmm. of acid damage plus 1d6 persistent acid damage, which, Sam, is that something that I roll right now and it's that whatever that roll is every turn or do you do that at the end of each subsequent turn you will do that at the end of each of her turns of her turns Mm -hmm. got it cool that's eugene's turn that is eugene's turn huge chunk of hp there knocking out 17 hps and lakai one fang getting a little dinged up over there it is the dynanicus's turn it's my favorite greek god (laughs) Now entering the ring. I am almost certain Please, I'm pronouncing welcome to the stage. D-E-I-N-O-N-Y-C-U-S. Dinonachus, right. the dinosaur who comes. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> That's what Dionysus is, the god who comes. So the lashing out with uh, Jaws first, that is a 21 to hit you, Eugene. 
21 is Eugene's AC. All right, that hits. That is going to be 11 points of damage. Owie. Coming out with a talon after Jaws come in, take a chunk out, slashing up with a talon next. Come on. Damn it! That is only a 14 to hit. We know that's a miss. And taking the third attack, just in case of a natural 20, that is an 18. So good roll. Doesn't connect. Does not connect. It is the final Zulgath warrior's turn. That is Grunk. Grunk is going to... Gotta lash out at Sven as much as I want to hit Leighton's horse. (laughs) (laughs) He has a name. One chance to kick a horse in your life, and this is it. Um... (laughs) And draws a club. No, he doesn't. Made this mistake every time. <laughs> Gonna gnash out with his jaws. Come on. Does not connect. And... Should've grabbed the Colt 45. <laughs> coming in with a claw. Not gonna hit. And Thanks. one more attack with the jaw. Miss. Miss, miss, miss. Miss, 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 miss. Oh, that's maddening. That is the end of round one, the top of round two. It's a pretty crowded rune here. You guys have spread out your damage pretty well, uh, though the Kai One Fang has taken more than anyone else. It is the yellow Zulgath's turn, and they are going to attack. Ooh. Probably Ron. <laughs> yeah, probably Ron. <laughs> yeah, get him while he's down. down. Uh, <laughs> they see Eugene right behind them. They are going to gnash out with their teeth coming in at eugene that is a 23 to hit yep and that's gonna that is 10 points of damage owie she's louise next up we've got uh claw that is just short a 20 to hit we know that misses and what the hell let's come back around with the jaws one time at your friend and mine leighton swinging for that natural 20 doesn't doesn't get it the Professor, it's your turn after three attacks from the Zulgath with the Yellow Dot. The Professor is going to summon a Flaming Sphere, taking great care not to hit Ron, mm-hmm. on the uh, Yellow Zulgath Warrior directly to his east. All right, and that is a reflex save? That is a reflex save. Roll reflex well. Reflex save. Let's see if these ice-cold dice can heat up. Dice cold. They don't. That is a three on the die. That is Woo-hoo! a fail. That's 3d6 fire damage, baby. That is 13 points of damage. (laughs) 13 points of damage. Professor, that's the first two of your actions. What's your third? The professor will uh, move uh, one uh, square to the north here to get a better view of what's going on with uh, Sven and Claude on the other side of the room. Understood. It is the next Zulgath warrior's turn. Here, we're going with Pink. Going to take a five-foot step to the west. Getting up in Andruk's business once again. He's going to gnash out with those jaws. That is an 11 to hit. One time with the claws. Ooh, that's a 21 to hit. That hits. We found some purchase. That is seven points of damage to you, Andruk. You got it. You love it. Leighton, you're up. Okay. Leighton is going to reach out towards the yellow one. Call in Tempest Touch. So I'm going to need a fortitude save from him. Absolutely. Leighton attacking the adjacent yellow Zulgath pinned between him and Eugene. Is this a, this is a, a fortitude save? So it's it a is flat save, So flanking doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Doesn't matter. Fortitude save coming in. I'm going to switch up dice here. Oh, brother. Come on. Is a 19 fortitude save? Oh, makes exactly. Oh, man. Fuck. All right. Um... It's cool. I'm sure that Rudy it would be happy to give some pointers on build. You know what I mean? Just in case. That... <laughs> I just wanted to roleplay this session, but yeah, <laughs> so I can kill more stuff. Uh, that is going to be 8, 12, 6 points of damage to yellow. 6 points of damage to yellow? Uh, Ooh, yellow, not looking good. And the fire and ice elemental buffet, he draws the life out of yellow with the cold channels it into an empowered heal and it's going to shoot that over to Claude. Ooh. Um, nice. Fucking hate that. That's fucking sick. So that's 23 points of healing. Ooh. And Leighton is just like 
You betrayed hospitality, and there is nothing more irksome. And he heals up Claude and slays <laughs> on slays yellow, and then Claude is once more going to try to kick the guy in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a natural 20 for a 30 Please. to hit. Let's no. go. Oh, Let's no. go. Fuck you. Claude's feeling pretty invigorated. What's the what's max damage here? Uh, max damage here would be. Oh my god. Max damage here would be um, 24 plus 32. Uh, and <laughs> we're gonna be coming in with 17 plus 8, 25. Yes. 25. <laughs> yes. <gasps> I shit you not. 25 hit points left. Yeah. Uh, yes. Dude. Goes down and on that heroic note that is where we're going to call it we're going to mop up duty <laughs> at the beginning of wow. the next session or should I say Claude is built yeah, yeah. Oh. well role played well role played everybody